This is Emily. And this is Bridget. And this is more Stuff Mom Never Told You. So this time we want to look a little bit closer at how the resistance will be commercialized. The resistance will be commercialized. I like that. <laughs> um, everyone knows, and you can't really avoid it these days, protest and activism seems to be the hot new thing, right? Like, I've seen people with shirts that say things like, protest is the new, new brunch. brunch. Yeah, that is so, so DC. <laughs> Obviously, it's, some DC person came up with that. It's very DC. Um, I actually had friends that uh, they wanted to they have like a brunch club every couple of weeks and mm-hmm. so they have it on Saturdays and so now they have it like enveloped into into like protest right so like we're gonna go to this protest and then brunch wow um, well so, here in DC I feel like you can find a protest every weekend. you can it's a, a pretty crowded schedule yeah. um you know with protest and activism being sort of the hot new thing I think inevitably we'll find places where commerce and activism seem to intersect right so I think it's important um when we're buying all these mugs and hats and shirts etc that we're spending our money in the right places and that we're not just going to you know, give profits to people who aren't actually helping the resistance or helping a cause. Right. And I think there's a lot of companies that are attempting and getting this so wrong. And of course, the first most flagrant fall on your face failure (laughs) that we saw with this resistance marketing was Pepsi. Pepsi. (laughs) We open up a Coke here now. Just kidding. Um, But Coca-Cola, call us. Wink. We swear this is not sponsored. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> but I just think, I mean, how delightfully pissed was the internet? So To pissed. just revel in what a failure the Pepsi commercial was. So if you don't remember this commercial, um, it starts with Kendall Jenner. Um, the Is she the youngest Kardashian? Question mark? I think it's Kylie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is Kylie. You're right. Um, so she is... At, at a photo shoot, she's, she's a model. A professional model. Um, doing her she's job. got like a blonde wig and a you know face full of makeup. She sees that there is like a protest happening outside, and it seems to be like mostly full of like artists and like young people. Other like token millennials. Yeah, like like basically what you would think of as if like you were like a casting manager and someone was like, "Get me some like edgy millennials." Yeah, in here. like get that undercut Asian yeah, person yeah, yeah. with a haircut. It's like, that's, like drumming. Yeah, and, it's like it's yeah. like exactly what you think of as like edgy hip. Millennials, and it's like so obvious the diversity you oh, know, swings so that they went obvious. for. So You're like, obvious. let's have one person from every corner. Totally. of the racial. Totally, it's spectrum. like a Benetton ad. Yeah. It's it's very like it's very very clear. Um, and so someone like walks by and sort of give like gives her like a nod of approval, like like come on, girl, break free from like, your chains. You know you want to. your chains of oppression <laughs> yeah. in the form of your blonde wig. So she takes off her blonde wig, hands it to like. Her assistant yeah. of color, like, like you, shoves it in her face and then like pushes her aside to join the protest. So then she 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 smears off her lipstick. It's very defiant. Right. Um, she barges outside. She joins the, the the protest. She somehow becomes like the leader of the protest like, right. very quickly. Well, she's a white woman. Yeah, she so she, she should be yeah. at the front of the pack, right? She, you know, barges in. She gra- this protest is like very well thought out. They've got. You know, cooler is full of ice with Pepsi. She grabs have, a Pepsi. Have you ever been to a protest with a cooler, cooler full of ice? Cooler full of ice? And Pepsi? No, never. 
Not part of it. Not part of it. So Kendall hands the soda to this police officer who is standing in a line of other police officers. Also white. Also white. Um, kind of playing off of this really famous um, image that came out of a Black Lives Matter protest where there's this woman kind of standing in a, a flowing kind of gray dress. Um, and her name is Aisha Evans. And she is sort of approaching the police officers in this very defiant, sort of like, just defiant way. And they're clearly sort of having this kind of oversized reaction to the fact that she's... I mean, they're super militarized. Right. And what are they doing? Instead of her handing them a Pepsi, she's handing over her wrist. Right. To be, like, ziplocked by a police officer. And so it's interesting that they've... Pepsi's chosen to sort of play off of this, like... Do you think think they actually did that on purpose, by the way? Oh, Pepsi played on this image. I don't know. I mean, when you see the when you see the images side by side, it's difficult to say that they didn't. I know it's like almost identical. It's almost identical. Um, it really is. And so, you know, clearly Except for power, privilege, class. And it's race. almost identical, but like <laughs> in reverse, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, who let that? Go. Live. I would love to be the like a fly on the wall in this, you know, they were like, ad this pitch meeting where this, this happened. Is brilliant. So essentially, you know, they played on this very famous image, and not surprisingly, people on the internet lost their collective minds. Um, people were tweeting about how awful it was, making fun of it. You know, what was really funny is that um, MLK's daughter actually tweeted, "If only Daddy had known about the power of Pepsi." Um, because again, like this idea that handing oh, a police officer a drink would be the thing that like, you know, solves police brutality. Of course. I didn't know that Pepsi was so right. powerful. And somehow Kendall Jenner is less threatening to a white police officer. Hmm. I wonder Imagine why. That. Imagine that. Than Aisha Evans, this young woman right. who like, I mean, is treated like a criminal for being at a protest. It's absurd. And I also think, um, what's kind of funny about this ad is that I don't like that it like, presents, you know, this person who wasn't even really involved as being the, like, you know, end-all, be-all solution. But then you also can back up. There's a macro narrative behind it all about the Kardashians. Oh, yes. And race. I, that needs to be an episode. (laughs) I will say. I am obsessed with the Kardashians. I've seen every episode. I've watched every spinoff. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I'm a a fan because I'm fascinated by their story, but I, I also think that when it comes to cultural appropriation. That is, we gotta, we have yeah. to do it. Uh, I, yes. Um, I also, fun fact, yeah. I own Kim Kardashian's book, Selfie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's just, a, it's just a bunch of selfies. And why, may I ask? I got it as a gift. <laughs> okay. Um, I also, I'm like, I'm, it's a, it's a fascinating book. I mean. I think she's fascinating. I love selfies and I, I love other people's selfies. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I was reading some article or some review. I love my own selfies. Yeah. So you, I'm, you don't love your own I'm selfie. pro selfie. I don't take okay. a lot of selfies, but I'm pro selfie. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was a review in the New York Times by, um, I think it's Tayu Cole mm-hmm. who said that like it was the, he, he ranked it as the best art book of like whatever year it came wow. out. And I do think that like if Kim Kardashian was a man, that book would be considered like a high art book. Like you I know. think it's hard to not respect the empire they've built. Totally. But. It's also, it's like there's this voyeuristic fascination. Totally. Anyway, so we, we'll have to definitely do a whole Kardashian episode. Did you guys know you were tuning into a Kim Kardashian related podcast? Right. <laughs> well, I'm sure that stuff mom never told you or me. 
So Kendall Jenner's like smack dab in the front and center of Pepsi's phenomenal fail. Like what a facepalm moment. Internet freaks out. They pull the ad. They pull the Did ad. Did they apologize? So what's funny is that they apologized, but in, in Pepsi's apology, and this was like such an interesting tidbit, uh-huh. they specifically apologized to Kendall Jenner for quote, putting her in this situation. It's, Oh, absurd. What? So funny, they're like, we're sorry this ad was clearly like, we missed the mark. And a special apology to Kendall Jenner for putting her in this situation. Wow. And what's funny is that like, because I read a lot of like trashy magazines and stuff, I remember before this ad even came out, reading a little blurb in like Us Weekly or something where Kendall was describing the ad before it had ever come wow. out and being like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited that we can, you know. Well, creative director and talent are two different roles. True. And so I think, first of all, they missed the mark in the apology. Yeah. They oh, should not have apologized sure. to Kendall Jenner publicly. For sure. They should have maybe done that privately. I'm yeah. sure they did. Yeah. But um, but I think it's your job as talent to be mindful of who you choose to work with and what the big picture is. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, part of me even wonders, like, in that situation, let's say that Kendall was like, Something about this ad doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> and she'd spoken up and voiced yeah, that. Like, yeah. like, what does that look like? Well, you know, Nicki Minaj actually has a really great example Ooh. of being assertive in that kind of a setting that I actually draw from in all of my assertive Is it that interview? Training. It's from her E! True Hollywood story. <laughs> yes. But like, here's the thing about that interview. She pulled this section off of it. So you have to kind of you know, go to the recesses of the internet right. to find this Vimeo version of it that was created by an art student um in New York City. I think it's NYT or something, NYIT. I'm not sure what the college is, but I've been in touch with her to get her permission to use her um video version that's actually just about the text. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a phonetic typography version of Nicki Minaj saying, you know what? If there's a $50 clothes budget, I am going to leave. I am going to be assertive. Now, in that instance, it's about budget. It's right. about quality. But she models exactly the kind of behavior you have to exhibit to draw boundaries for yourself and say, here's the kind of respect I expect. Here's how I condition others to treat me the way I deserve to be treated. I love it. And I think those same skills can be applied to causes. You know what I mean? Those same skills totally. can be applied to... I'm not going to be a part of this. This is a PR disaster waiting to happen. I honestly feel like there needs to be a case study on Nicki Minaj because oh my God. She, there's an there's an amazing interview where the interviewer basically asks her about this like beef between her then boyfriend, who was also a rapper whose name I cannot yes. remember, um, and another rapper. And she's the interviewer is like, "Do you feel like you know?" drama follows you and she was like what is two grown men having drama have to do with me like like i'm an artist and i'm a person and i'm have my i'm my own person like why would you even bring that up in an interview so i really do feel like she is someone who is constantly i love her you know reaffirming obviously yeah friend of the show right (laughs) nikki call us can we um can we do an episode on nikki please yeah okay so we'll come back to that so i think the point here is that Pepsi, Coke, wherever we spend our dollars, however we reward or don't reward companies and hold them accountable, we as consumers have massive power here. We have massive influence. And especially in the age of social media, where everybody like joyfully complained and joyfully trashed Pepsi for their mistake, we have really um, more power as consumers to show companies what kind of messaging we do and do not approve of. And in the age of resisting Trump, in that sort of backlash against the, the feeling of being under attack for minorities and right. women and 
different groups of all kinds, I think we can take that power into our hands and harness it. Totally. And I also, um, and we'll talk a bit more about this going forward, but I think it's important to to lift up that, like, it doesn't have to be all bad, right? Right. Like, we can reward companies who do the right thing with praise, right? Exactly. Like, we can, if a company makes a good choice, like, a lot of companies were giving, making a big show of giving money to the ACLU. And so, like, you know, if you want to, as consumers, it's part of it is saying, like, I'm not going to give my money to XYZ company because they fund crappy things. Right. And also saying everyone should go out and buy XYZ brand because right. they're giving money. And Being then an ambassador. For exactly. That, yeah. I know here in D.C., um, during the weekend of the inauguration, when so many people were pouring into D.C. to attend protests, um, a lot of it, because it it's D.C., it always comes back to brunch. But a lot of <laughs> local restaurants were saying, like, if you... By, if you come for brunch on inauguration weekend, X amount of the proceeds are going to go to, you That's know, great. the ACLU. And it's like, you really did get to feel like by going out to eat and spending money at your favorite restaurant right. and buying a few drinks that you were actually, you know, yeah. helping to support the cause. And it's good for business. Exactly. Businesses have seen this work for them, so they're doing more of it. And it's also interesting for us as consumers to see this as a new form of activism. Everybody wins. Now, when we come back from this quick break, we're going to talk about a few companies that are doing this right. But first, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. So, Bridget, it's not all bad news, right? It's not all bad. It seems very bad when you think about pulling, Pepsi. Pulling a Pepsi should be a new, <laughs> like, phrase that it we should. use to judge companies trying to commercialize the resistance. It but should. I'm excited to say that there's a great example. There's a couple great examples out there, um, particularly around key phrases that have been capitalized on very quickly. So when nasty woman was a comment leveled by Donald Trump against Hillary Clinton in a debate, all the T-shirt companies, right, all the Etsy creators, all the independent peeps. And, you know, it seems like everywhere you go on the Internet, all of a sudden I'm getting hit with like, Facebook ads saying, you should buy this nasty woman well, shirt. The algorithm knows you're a nasty woman. They're like, yeah, this woman is what? Urban dwelling, <laughs> you know, between 25 and 35, female. I'm going to market the hell yeah, out yeah, of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and so, you know, with a lot of the, it's important to say that with a lot of these sort of feministy, empowering slogans that take off right. onto mugs and t-shirts and stuff, not all of them right. do something good in terms of like giving proceeds to an right. organization or a cause. But the creator of what you might think of as like the iconic nasty woman shirt, which is the phrase nasty woman in a heart, like a red right, heart. Right. Um, um, Google Ghost. Google the creator, Ghost. Right. Yeah. So that was actually a, a kind of a huge win. Yeah. So they I'll raised be... 130K for Planned Parenthood right off of the bat on that shirt. And I'm sure it's trickled in over time as well. Totally. So between the nasty woman shirts proceeds and nevertheless, she persisted. Um, which was the phrase that came about when, actually? I'm, like, blanking on that. Is it Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren? Warren. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren, Warren was told that she could not... Oh, she couldn't speak on the Senate floor. Correct. And it was the speaker or somebody, or the minority leader who yes. said she was told... Oh, it was the majority leader yeah, who yeah. shut her down, so McConnell. Yeah, so it? Mitch McConnell basically yeah. was like, I made her stop because she was warned... She was uh, given a fair warning, but nevertheless, she persisted. And we were like, yeah, yes. hell yeah. Um, there's another kind yeah. of interesting tidbit about a bunch of women 
who actually, you know, got that phrase tattooed on them. I know, 100 plus women in Minneapolis. Right, and That's so insane. in a million years, if you were, if you were like, <laughs> like a progressive woman, would you ever think that you'd be getting a Mitch McConnell quote tattooed O-M-G, on you? OMG, <laughs> please, Sminty listeners, if you have a resistance related tattoo, we have to see it we on have Instagram. To see it. Please shoot us an Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You on Insta. But another thing to note about Nevertheless She Persisted, that shirt, is that Barney's is also selling a shirt for $195 a pop, a t-shirt. What a steal. I mean, that's such a good bargain. Right? I know. It's like the one percenter resistance. <laughs> like, who is that marketed to? You know what I mean? I have no idea. And then it's like Cheryl Crow. Like, right, you know right, what I mean? Right. But, um, the, of course, the interesting thing is, where is that? profit going to i mean presumably barney's Barney's. i mean you know when you go to the site the shirt looks amazing it's like a great shirt yeah but like it doesn't say you know money goes to planned parenthood aclu whatever you gotta look closely and read between the lines totally and i don't want people to think that i'm saying like don't buy that nasty woman shirt or whatever or don't create there are Etsy creators i'm sure listening to this we're like like, but i want to create these shirts if i'm going to design something to sell might i not might as well design for the resistance. Totally. You know I mean, there's, I think it, the challenge is if you are a creator, if you are an independent seller and you are creating cool stuff, shout out to all the designers out there. Shout out. That is hard to do. I've been struggling. If anyone wants to help me make some cool swag, let me know. Um, because it's, it really does take a lot of work. It but does. Think about proceeds going to the organizations you want to support. And I should really do more of that at Boss Stop. I think yeah. I, I mean, are are you cashing in on the resistance? Well, I'm resistant of that, right? Because I feel like it's appropriating something. Hmm. I feel like, you know, we we saw a dramatic downturn actually after the inauguration because our message is about empowerment and tools and tactics for taking your career into your own hands and your own power. But people weren't actually feeling that like, ready to navigate career transition after January. People were depressed. Our audience was depressed. Right. And whereas they're signing up for how to run for office trainings, they weren't signing up for our trainings. Interesting. And so I asked, I we had a moment with our team when we were thinking, and my board saying, okay, should we change our marketing in the age of Trump? Should I make bossed up, like, positioned as an answer to the, like, demise of hope and change? And we, I can't say that we've resolved that issue because I think there are some tweaks we could make, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel good as a business owner, like cashing in, even though we're not, you know, we're not selling t-shirts. Yeah. I mean, I think in the, in terms of how people are resisting Trump, I think it's different for everybody. For some, that might mean like, now is the time to take my career into my own hands. I've always wanted to like start this business. Yeah. You know, the world is on fire. I'm going to do it. Right. Like, so I do think. But I, I think there was an early hunkering down that happened. Yes. And that we are coming out of that hunkering. I agree. And thank God, because I, I can't hunker anymore. You're all hunkered I'm out. I'm hunkered down. I'm hunkered out. But I, I also think it's in stark contrast to, uh, for instance, another really gross example here, which is Vogue's um spread, like their resistancy photo oh spread. Oh, my God. That featured a Marc Jacobs safety pin, which is like that was... I don't think it really took off, but it was it, that symbol. It took off for, like, it was, like, hot for a minute. Like, Basically, a this idea that, like, minute. you know, if, I think after Brexit, people started wearing, uh, people. Was it Brexit? What's oh, that? in Europe. In, in Europe. In the UK. Yes. So after oh. the Brexit vote, people started wearing safety pins to, to 
better together. Better together. We're better together. To symbolize, like, hey, I didn't vote for this. Like, don't right. rub me in. And so that idea sort of spread here in the States where people started wearing safety pins to be like, I didn't vote for Trump. Right. I am a designated, like, don't blame quote unquote, this. safe person. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, really, it was supposed to be, like, a way to show that, like, uh, like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. And so what I, what I, so one, I will say that like, as someone who has lots and lots of Facebook friends who are very sort of like progressive people, I saw so many people sort of like being into this. And I just want to say like, if you were into it, I am not coming for you or like bashing you. Right. I think it was like very well intentioned. But I think what, what I think is so interesting about the safety pin thing and why for me, it just like was not something I liked or found, you right. know, empowering appreciate. at all. Yeah, I didn't, appreciate I didn't appreciate it. it. It's like, put yourself out there. Right. Because, like... If you're going to... It's halfway. Exactly, exactly. And I think that, like, I read this really interesting article that I think nailed the point, which is that, like, as people of color, we are used to getting lumped in mm-hmm. with, like, the group always. And so, you know, if you're a black person, you're very very used to people being like, well, all black people are X, Y, Z. And, like, you're, you just have to accept that. That's part of being a person of color. Right. And I think that for a lot of white people, it was the first time that they had to confront this idea of, like, people are going to look at me and think I voted for Trump, and I didn't. And, like, wanting to make do something to make it clear, like, no, I am not, like, yes. a, you know, white person who voted for Trump. I didn't vote for him. Right. right? I'm like, a nice white person. Exactly. And so I wow. think that, like, That's a great that point. is exactly, that was I could never really articulate it until I read this article that like laid it out where it's like, we as people of color deal with this every day, all day, all the time. And that like for the first time, or maybe not the first time, but like at a time where, you know, white people were actively not actively wanting to be seen as like good white people, quote unquote. It's like a visible white guilt expression. Exactly. Um, wow. And so, so it was already, like, yeah. not something I loved. But then the Vogue spread of, like... <laughs> a $350 safety Ugh, pin designed where, by Mark Jacobs. Where do I even OMG. start? So I basically, don't. Vogue had an entire spread that's like, here's how you can, you know, fast... You could accessorize your, you know, resistance with right. our, like... High fashion resistance. Ugh. And I just think it's, yeah, it's things like that where it's like... If I could almost be okay with that, if like right. the proceeds went someplace right. good, or I right. felt like you know it, when you buy that safety pin, mm-hmm. you're contributing to something good financially or supporting something good, right. but you're not. Right, right. And you know, it's a in the past sort of a, a surefire way that I've been able as a consumer to be more careful with that is through the campaigns that I've supported. Right. So what's cool is that these high fashion designers typically get roped into presidential campaigns and HRC's store was on fire. Yes. Her store was like She amazing. actually did have Mark Jacobs yeah, design. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? All of the proceeds go yes. to the campaign. Yes. So when you want to buy some high fashion resistance gear, I mean, it's not presidential season yet. But remember that you can always purchase through the official campaign that you support through their online store. And I have tons of cool swag from yeah. Obama days, especially. Like, yeah, I have a lot. I mean, like, yeah. and it doesn't even have to necessarily be, um, you know, attached to some sort of to, to an electoral campaign, like plenty right. of campaigns, like advocacy campaigns. Right. I have some really cool ACLU stuff. Oh, um, good yeah. point. I love, I love that that's becoming more of a thing that activists have to do. Definitely. So, all right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk through what we as consumers can do in the midst of this sort of minefield of resistance wear and resistance consumer culture to be better. Sound good? Let's do it. Okay. 
right, Bridget, what can we do about this? So it's not all doom and gloom. You know, <laughs> as we said, there are plenty of ways that we can be savvy consumers and sort of really know where our money is going. And I mean, I, like I said earlier, I mean, I actually think it, the idea that people can feel like they're making it, like doing some sort of activism by spending money. I think that's kind of empowering. I also think that people, yeah. like, we're well practiced online shoppers anyway. True. You're already going to buy crap. That's you a may hobby as well. At this point. Totally, yeah. totally. And I think like for people like my mom who like probably will not be going to a protest anytime soon, she can feel good when she goes to, you know, buy right. XYZ thing and they they give the money someplace good. Right, so I right, think right, that right. like knowing where your money goes is really key. And then also really thinking through, you know, intentional ways that people are using commerce to sort of make a statement, like grab your wallet that really encouraged consumers to know which products were, you know, um, nasty word like not bad. making the a cake like not a good kind of nasty right <laughs> like, not- like walmart selling all lives matter shirts right next to their black lives matter shirts. yes and they're what is it blue lives blue matter? lives matter I don't even know all lives is. matter yeah um so yeah if it's a company that you know isn't doing it that you should not be spending money on if you want if you're someone who is right. actively involved in like the resistance you know right. so really knowing kind of where your money is going and making intentional Purchasing right. decisions based on that. I want to shout out to grabyourwallet.org, which you can go to, and it's an active spreadsheet that's constantly being updated. And they are, as organizers, in communication with companies that are not doing it right to give them an opportunity to get put on the nice list. So it's like a naughty list, nice list in real time. Totally. That I think is a good thing because they're actually keeping in communication with the companies. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I love the model of kind of love it, shove it, where it's like yeah. you can shout out companies that are doing the right thing and tell all your friends, right? Maybe like, don't Google love it, shove it. Yeah, that probably will that's elicit not gonna some find weird the right result, result <laughs> for you. But yeah, so it's not, yeah. it's not all just scolding companies that are doing it wrong, but it's right. also shouting out companies that are doing it right. Right, which I really, really appreciate. And then the other thing I want to make mention of is, first of all, not everybody lives in Washington, D.C., where you can protest and brunch every weekend. Um, so for those of us who are looking for an opportunity to be engaged, I want to encourage us to not see consumerism as the only path forward. Totally. To me, it feels kind of, it reminds me of clicktivism, mm. which is like when we were all obsessed with um, signatures and petitions, like online petitions. Yeah. Which, our industry, like the political I mean, industry that we come are, from yeah. are super into it because it's a list building, like moneymaker. But I'm, I'm here to say that, you know, signing a petition online and buying a nevertheless she persisted shirt is not sufficient. I, I think back to, I'm such a constitutional geek that I think of, um, the, the sort of quote, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. Mm. I think that's a lock quote. Somebody correct me on that's that. That's funny because my mom used to always, ha- she modified that quote and said like, the cost of a clean house is constant vigilance. And oh, she would no. make us, she would say that all the time to justify making us like Mama get up Todd. and do chores. Mama Todd. She, well, she's evoking our nation's she history <laughs> to, to carry us forth to a cleaner future. I, she's got my vote. But really like eternal vigilance doesn't mean buy some stuff and feel like you can sleep at night. I think we have to be more engaged. I think we have to see what's happening in our communities, whether you live in Washington, D.C. or, you know, the rural countryside of of America. 
it's not about like starting your own thing. It's about finding the organizations on a community level that are doing the work you believe in and get your butt to a volunteer role. Like get, right. get out there, get, you know, it matters to show up and protest whenever and however you can. Some people, we should do a whole podcast on women in protest. Totally. Some people really loathe protesting, but solidarity is not limited to collectivism. Totally. And I, I just want to lift up something else that you said, which is that, you know, a lot of people, and this is something that like as a personal pet peeve of mine, as a longtime organizer, a lot of people, basically, I feel like when Trump got elected after the inauguration, it was like January 1, where everybody's in the gym, because it's like their New Year's resolution to go to the gym. And like, they all, if they all tried to be personal trainers, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of people who have not really been in the movement for a long time, sort of like now that like the resistance is like the hot thing, thinking they can like start an organization. I want to empower folks to like do what feels right, but like there are probably people doing the work who like who've been doing it, who have have been doing it, and like you know, you I think it's important to think through like do do I feel like I'm the right person to sort of like be the face of this thing, or are there right. people already doing that work? That's like a personal yeah. pet peeve of mine where like... Oh, it's not personal. Yeah. That's a real thing. Because I feel like there are a lot of people now who are like, oh, like the new, the hot new thing is like running training oh, yeah. for people to run for office. And it's I like, I used to work in that space. And you know what? It's really hard. Yeah. And like getting people to run for office takes more than like a week-long seminar in a hotel mm-hmm. lobby or whatever. It ta- it's a lot of like work that goes into it. You so. know who I was uh, sort of relieved to hear say some good things about this was Glennon Doyle Melton who is this woman in the professional development or spiritual guru type space. I have to be honest, I've never been very, I haven't paid a lot of attention to her until I saw her make this really powerful statement and use her platform. Even, you know, as a white woman, she used in the, in the media, she used her platform to set, send a really powerful message specifically to white women about, listen, we need to make our feminism inter- intersectional or it's not feminism at all. And in that quote, she actually said, what we need to remember is that this is just a touch of the pain that so many marginalized people in this country has, have been feeling for ages for black people and brown people and trans people and gay people and Muslim people and native Americans and poor people. She says, what sucks is that it took us being personally affected. And she means us like white women to finally show up. We cannot show up for the movement and say, here we are until we say, we're so damn sorry. It took us so long. So it's about like not showing up and saying, here we are. I'm going to start a thing. Right. Necessarily. It's like, how can we be of support to communities who've been in their own resistance before it was like the plurality or majority of us? Totally. And I think that like, that's completely my, um, my mindset about this kind of work is yeah. that, you know, oppression is linked, right? Like it might not be my personal struggle, but you know, it's, it, if, if you're not able to show up for other right. people where they're at and what issues they're facing and you can only really face them when it's like your specific pet issue. You know, and and again, like we, I think we said this in an earlier episode. Of course, we all have blind spots. I have my own blind spots where I don't remember what the issue was, but I was organizing some event and someone was like, oh, will the um, event be um, accessible for folks with disabilities? And I was like, oh, it's not. And I didn't even think about that. Right. right? And so we have a checklist now. Okay. So like, we're, we do a lot of event planning and we don't always get it right at, right at my company. So it's like, how can we not just count on our individual blind spots being corrected, totally. which is a huge part of it, but how can we then institute systems for preventing blind spots from, you know, systemically being a part of how you do what you do? Right. So it's, it's tricky. It's I think, tricky and we don't yeah. always get it right, but we're right. getting better together. Oh, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So many lovely bumper stickers are necessary. 
in the age of the resistance. So moving forward, I think for all of us to be woke consumers, it requires doing our due diligence. It requires doing more than just buying and putting something in the cart online. Uh, and it requires listening to one another about not only how can we show up as white women, I'm talking white women especially, and lead something, but how about listen to what else is being done already, who's, who's been in this movement for a long time, and how can we support their work? Totally. And then for entrepreneurs, for my creatives out there, my side hustlers, and for me, I'm like having a moment of uh, realization here, like how can we be more institutionalized about supporting those organizations like the ACLU and Planned Parenthood who've been doing the work for a long time? Because I think consumers also appreciate that. So I know there's a billion things for business owners to think about, but let's add this one to the priority list. Have to. Love it. Cool. So... All right, y'all, we want to hear from you. How are you resisting? How does consumer resistance fit into your smorgasbord of activism right now? And does it? If there's a company out there that's doing it super, super right, let us know. If there's a company out there that is guy or blood boiling because they're doing it that's oh pulling so wrong, Pepsi. they're pulling a Pepsi, they're doing it super wrong. <laughs> Pepsi's going to hate that. Uh, and again, if you've got a resistance-related tattoo, let us know. <gasps> we want to see you it. want to see it. So you can tag us in your pictures on Insta, Stuff Mom Never Told You on Instagram. You can tweet at us at MomStuffPodcast on Twitter or send us a good old-fashioned email at MomStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. 